Hello, hello. It's another case of mixtape and identity, and my guest this week is Alistair Tremblay Birchall. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 59 of Mixtape and Identity with comedian Alistair Tremblay Birchall. Uh, you'll likely know Alistair from Two in the Think Tank. Uh, I actually got to hang out with Alistair kind of briefly online. Um, we were playing Fortnite with my friend Mac. Uh, shout out Macaroni Prince on Twitch.tv. And yeah, I saw my opportunity and took it, asked him if he'd like to be on the show, and he said yes. And I'm very glad that he did. I had an awful lot of fun with the, with the playlist. Uh, I said on Instagram, but uh, song one does not set the tone musically. It's uh, a bit of an outlier. Um, so we start off with Bubble Butt, and then we end up with you know a lot of jazz in <laughs> amongst some great songs. Um, so I had a really good time with it. Although it doesn't set the tone musically, it probably does set the tone conversationally, I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. If this is your first time listening, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, then um, basic concept of the show is that we're going to be talking through a playlist with different categories. The songs that we're going to be talking through are in a playlist, and that playlist is available on Spotify. So if you want to check that out, it's in the description of the podcast. And give us a follow on Instagram for any and all uh, announcements uh, down the line. So we release the playlist on a Monday, the podcast comes out on a Thursday, um, but all those announcements are done on Instagram, so give, give us a follow there. I had a really good time uh, with Alistair, uh, great time recording this, it was an awful lot of fun and uh, yeah, I'm really excited for you to listen to it. So I'll be back at the end but we'll just get into it. This is episode 59 of Mixtape and Identity with Alistair Tremblay Butcher. How often do you actually listen to music at the moment, Alistair? Uh, I am listening to music probably every day but it's not necessarily the music that i'm always the most interested in listening to um, okay i'm listening because at the moment my uh, i have a two-year-old and a seven-year-old and at the moment right. uh the seven-year-old likes to grab the phone while we're in the car and just pl- play stuff over the the bluetooth okay and they found a song that is really just the words uh poopy 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 and <laughs> <laughs> poopy poopy bum bum and then right and but the guy okay. it, i mean the, the thing is that it does have a great hip-hop beat underneath it and okay. the guy has great timing <laughs> okay with it and he's given it good like you know and he goes stinky stinky stuff like that right and sure. he's actually done you know as far as like a poopy song goes it's done quite tastefully in a okay. uh, you know in a very <laughs> enjoyable kind of way you know it's like yeah this of is course not, this is like it's like poopy bum bum kind of art stuff, right? Yeah, so, sure. <laughs> but the acceptable also, face of poopy poopy bum bum. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and the reason why it's playing a lot is because the two year old has started to find it very f- great. Because I go okay. what you know, I react <laughs> to it like that, you know, because I'm I'm yes. appalled by the um, by the awfulness, yeah. right. and that makes the two year old laugh a lot. And so then it encourages us to play it more because it brings joy into the into the home. And right, color. okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. outside of that, I am occasionally. I'm. You know. I'm actually not listening to as much uh, music as I have been. But I, I occasionally still listen to like random jazz albums that like uh, YouTube will play for me, uh, just like recommend to me on you know uh, on its platform and while I'm working, so that I can just block out whatever noises around me. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. We've got um. We have a a, a two year old in the house, but. 
but no seven-year-old so we we're still in charge of what music is played um, sure yeah. so yeah it's uh i think we're, we're just we're sort of just enjoying this time where we can put on any music and if mm. we react well enough to it he will enjoy it so like we can put on yeah. some like um 80s pop and dance along and he'll dance along with it um and we can still enjoy it um but i know there is come the, the, the time where it's just going to be like coco melon or poopy poopy yeah. bum bum that that is coming i know it's coming yeah. so just trying to enjoy it while we can yeah the really coco melon and then the other one that's crack for kids on uh, on netflix is the uh little baby bum which it actually the songs don't involve any bum stuff right okay. i don't know why it's called that but it is another one terrible animation and really bad versions of songs almost like it feels like robots oh. came up with this idea you know, I, th- came- I think i might know the one is it that that um is that uh the uh johnny johnny uh telling lies that one they they have open they, your they mouth do, ha 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 i don't i don't recognize it there's a lot okay. of wheels on the bus right okay. um but it's like everything is done without emotion it's, right it, yeah. it almost doesn't sound like humans are singing it even though they obviously are yeah yeah i i, I don't know if it's exactly the same but the, yeah i, I have an, an idea in my head of, of a similar thing where it it feels nightmarish to mm. watch because it it yeah it doesn't feel like there's like any human has been involved in the process <laughs> Yeah, and but or or it's like it's a pure business mind that yeah. has gone. All right, we need these songs. We got to get these. These are the classic hits that kids yeah. love, right? Yeah. And then we'll we'll get the you know we'll pay the the smallest amount we can for animation. Right. We need a cow. We need a pig. We need a duck. You know this yeah. kind of stuff. And then you know just give give me Plato's ideal of a duck. I just need something that is just like everybody will recognize as a duck. Everything yeah. everybody will recognize as a pig, and then we'll just yeah. put them in multiple situations. Like they'll put them on a bus, put them in a, you know, rolling off a bed, that kind of stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, but and we'll do yeah. we'll do one take, and then that will be it. We don't need <laughs> that's it. right. Yeah, there's no notes going back. There's no, there's nothing. There's no one I mean, on the other like, side of the the booth going like, can you do that with maybe some like yeah. human emotion? That's right. Yeah, so. he doesn't recognize whether or not something is good or bad. He just knows yeah. that it's either done or not done yet. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah, goes, absolutely. yes, that's done, great. And now we put it out <laughs> like that, and then the kids love it. It's like it's the it it taps into something primal in them, and they get angry when you take it away. Oh yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely know that film for sure. Um, all right, well, like we'll, we'll we'll jump into the list then. Uh, so song one is a song you fell in love with straight away. So you've gone for Bubble Butt by Major Lazer. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that Stick, sticking to um, the bum theme? Yeah, you know what? I'm not as big of a a butt guy as I've made it seem, <laughs> but I've mentioned this is the third mention of butts since we've begun. Very episode so, so far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I apologize for that. Um, I got into Major Laser just from like I think they had that pawn the floor, right? Um, song at some point, and somebody had introduced it to me, and then it showed them with like I think the. Uh, had people daggering in it. Do you know this daggering dance style? Yes. It's kind of like people sort of, it's like sort of mock, mock sex acts on, Yes, you know, mostly just like kind of humping each other and jumping off of ladders into each other's crotches and kind of things like that. Sure. And, um, and so that, that put Major Laser on the map for me. Okay. Right? But yeah. then, um, but then the track was itself interesting. They kind of, 
you know, it felt like they were they were doing you know interesting kind of as far as that kind of music goes. Um, mm-hmm. And then Bubble Butt had the added benefit of having Eric Weinstein, I think, from uh, Tim and Eric, who do the right. m- music video. Okay. And so, and then, but then also, it's just got a a thick fat beat. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> And and it's just like so if you pump it anywhere that has uh, bass capabilities, um, it's just got that 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 one that thumps you in the chest. Whilst you know the bubble butt part is stupid, <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. It, I don't know. It just has it's. I find it it pumps me up, and then it has right. one of the stupidest verses from a rapper I've ever heard uh, from Tyga T Y G A I believe. Yes, and. Um, it just it impresses me with the poetry <laughs> um in in how it's just a guy telling us that he's a bad dude right, <laughs> right. because it starts and it, but like but there is still poetry in it like right so it's like a bad guy who you know is capable of of lyrics um open up your bubba gump let me see your bumper you know yeah. uh the booty the booty so smooth can't believe it's not butter uh, I go in from under. She wetter than a surfer. Yeah. You know, uh, this is a bit crude and I apologize. I ate the pussy fast. I'm about to start burping. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's just how awful that is to hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I burp, burp and relick the bottom of the surface. I load yeah. in my clipping and tell her don't get nervous. Yeah. I'm a bang, bang, chitty, bang, 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 killer. Nipple tit clit licker. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, this is not good. This, this, no. But it's like, <laughs> but a guy, you know, like, yeah. but for a guy to be as bad a guy as he is, but also have a poetic side and to be sitting there writing, <laughs> just I find the conflict there is so interesting. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't look. I, can't, I don't know all of the, the 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 rest of the last bits, but I mean, you've done great so far. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so memorable. <laughs> yeah. Um. But all I can dribble put you on a pickle. Yeah. Nibble on my dickle. Yeah, nibble on my dickle. You know, uh, I'm a crazy individual. And yeah. then he says, that, you know, like uh, something, something, drive Ben's, Benny too. Uh, you know, anyway. But then he says, I'm just trying to get into you and make you my enemy. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's really just a guy telling you, like, he just wants to have sex with you and then let's just, you know, whatever, fuck off now. Right? <laughs> now, yeah. I... I you know, obviously, I don't agree with that kind of mentality. Um, I think that you sure. should, we should treat each other kindly, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. uh, the bubble butt thing, the song still to me works. Did you yeah. did you listen to it? Did you get any enjoyment from it at all? I, I so I've listened. To, I listened to all these songs like many yeah. times in preparation. So yes, I've listened to this song many times. I did I get enjoyment from it? That's an interesting question. Um, yeah, like it's, it's a it's a fun song if you don't if you don't focus too much on what's being said. I think, um, I think yeah. that verse for me in particular I find to be a little upsetting, and I don't know what it is exactly because I'm like I try to be very open minded and like, uh, I'm I, like, when WAP came out, I tried to celebrate mm. that as much as possible. I thought it was yeah. very funny, but there's just something about the like, there's just a line that they've drawn here which is like slightly too detailed and slightly too specific and it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable and that line about like 
I had the pussy fast. I'm about to start burping. Yeah. Is too specific for me. That made me a, yeah. a little uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it is very uh, fun. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, the thing is, is that I agree that it is not good, right? Yeah. That, but, <laughs> but I, I think that's what I'm enjoying about it. You know, right? If somebody had done a rhyme that you know, a set of rhymes that that were good i think it wouldn't have stood out in any way you know like it would have been as forgettable as all the other hip-hop that i've not memorized right and so yeah yeah. and then yeah so i don't know it's it's such an odd song for me to have fallen in love with straight away but it's genuinely like one of the songs i've listened to the most since it's come out you know like since you know maybe the last five years or whatever it is that it's that it's existed fair enough yeah yeah um i appreciate the honesty no, I mean I I agree and I totally understand that it is not uh that if you pay any attention to it other than its yeah. musicality <laughs> that it is uh, there is it is riddled with terribleness. Um, <laughs> but I think I also tend to not really listen to lyrics usually anyway. Right. I'm there for I'm there for melody and I'm there for beat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really the music bit, really. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the bubble butt, bubble, bubble, bubble butt, it's, mm. it's fun to say. Fun it's to rhythmic. To. It's, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, exactly. It's fun to say. It's it's nice. It's like it, you, you get good mouthfeel from just from bubble, yeah. bubble, bubble butt. Like, you know, yeah, you go, I didn't even know I could, I could pronounce these that fast. <laughs> you know, you're proud of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Sensitive. You know? Yeah, always good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, all right. Can, do you do you feel it. proud of yourself often? You know, do you get that sense? Often, uh, no, not often. But yeah, when I say bubble, 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 but you, you pulled it off again. Exactly. You yeah. know, you go, oh, that was a clean. I got yeah. that one out clean. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. All right, I, clean I, maybe I could. Yeah, I mean, you could. You know, it makes you think. Oh, maybe I could work in the uh, music industry. Maybe you know, I could make it. I don't know. Just something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, song two is a song that took you a while. So you went for Daniel Romano, I'm Not Crying Over You. Yeah. Um, and this one is also does have a silliness to it. So I want you to know that, you know, as you already know, not all my songs are comedy based. But when I got this album, um, I was living I was living in a warehouse with some people I'd done community radio and TV with. Right. And um, one of them had just, we were living in, yeah, in this warehouse and one of them had just emptied out their car into a you know all the garbage that you accumulate in your car into a bag and just left it in the warehouse and i was just randomly going through stuff and i the bag came up and then this uh, album with a guy wearing quite an elaborate um you know country western kind of jacket that seemed very silly right and the album was called uh i think come cry with me okay and it looked so silly and yeah. I, you know it looked like i mean I had not picked up that it was a joke. I took it very genuinely when I first sure. saw it. And I and you know what? And I would say that probably the artist does not think that it's a joke either. I think that okay. he he I would think that he would believe that this first album is probably tongue in cheek. But right. I think that he I've discovered since listening to this album uh, a lot and then I've met people that know this guy. Oh, <laughs> um, right, okay. Yeah, because my partner um, uh, was did music in Canada for a while, and she's friends with some guys there who are in a band called like uh, 
what is it called? Uh, col- uh, color, color, city in color. <laughs> okay. And and uh, some other bands that are there, but they know Daniel Romano, and I was talking to them about it one time when they toured here, and they were saying that like you know like during the pandemic he was like he was just like pumping out like five albums like you know like a year, oh, wow. and was just in like he's if you go and see his catalog every album that he does and he releases at least one a year is a completely new style <laughs> in oh, a shit. like okay. yeah where it's like oh it's like he's going through this weird like 80s bob dylan era and now right. he's going through this other thing and he's doing his own version of it like uh-huh. he d- so he did he did this album and this one is a little bit more comedy and so uh i'm not crying this is i'm not crying over you right that i, I yeah. put down <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. it's it's you know I loved the album straight away. Uh, no, no, I didn't love the album straight away. What I loved straight away is that it was in this kind of country style that I, okay. it's like, it's like something that I had heard of, but never actually listened to this kind of music. Like, have you heard this kind of music before? Like, like, um, yeah, it's not like a, it's not a genre that I'd listen to an awful lot, but yeah, it's very, yeah. it's ubiquitous, isn't it? Like it's, it's impossible to get away from sometimes. Yeah, it it just felt like it comes from an era, era and uh, an area that I just doesn't clash with my world very much. Sure, but but has has a warmth to it and is very it can be very pleasant. And this one feels like he's capturing like a bunch of those kinds of songs, mm-hmm. um, and then he's writing in the that kind of voice, like he is writing in the sad cowboy kind of voice. This right. one is a gag, right? I mean, yeah. you know, but uh, the idea being that he, him and a partner have broke up um, and uh, people have been telling his partner potentially that they've seen him crying around town, but he's yeah. saying, I'm not crying over you. Uh, it's because I've, I've just got a role in a movie yeah. and, um, and then uh, and I'm playing a guy who's heartbroken unlike me and yeah. <laughs> that's why i'm crying night and day right now because yeah. i'm not crying over you right yeah um so yeah but i think i also like the perfection of the sketch as well <laughs> right. because it is like and, and but i didn't you know like again i don't listen to lyrics very much so i didn't get that it was funny in any way for many many listens and so i just okay. kind of was sort of enjoying it for just it's uh you know, just for just the, the like the musicality of it, the the, the right. sort of taking being taken to a country western kind of, you know, I don't know if it's Nashville or something like that where where they play this kind of stuff. Anyway, and and then it's over many listens that I kind of you know, finally got in the other details, and I was I don't know, I was enjoying it a lot. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's uh. It's very funny. And I I I just looked up the picture of him in, the, in his jacket with the with that face on him, which is just again, it is very funny. Just immediately, yeah. that's that's a that's a funny album cover. Yeah, and uh, he did release another country album. Was the next one, but it's like uh-huh. he went to a completely di- different era of country, which was kind of like a, I think a more like eighties or nineties kind of country where it's just I don't know. There's more vi like there's I don't know. It felt it's like a more dramatic style. It's completely different to this to this other stuff, and it's a much more serious album where he's not joking around as right. much. Um, yeah. 
I think I always find that I enjoy music more the more I know as well about the performer and right. and like I think I learned this I've not do you follow sports at all I don't tend to follow yeah. a lot of sports yeah you do follow sports right and so what I discovered when I started to follow a sport is how much how much of a sport is just following a narrative it's like you learn some player's narrative yes and then suddenly you're like oh this is so f- this is cool because this guy's doing this because you know he had this a history of this but now he's overcome that and now he's doing yeah. this and it's you know things like that and so I think that any of that helps me enjoy an album like the more I learn about this guy suddenly I'm like I'm invested in this man right <laughs> and yeah. and the success the how much I enjoy this song suddenly makes me like I don't know just makes me proud of the man who I'm now invested in right sure yeah absolutely. yeah yeah. I obviously use songs as a way to feel proud in some way. I think this is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I get what you mean about the sport thing. And I, I generally came around to that idea like a few years ago when I've I've tried to explain. I, I think I was trying to explain to my wife why I'm so into football. Um, mm. Because she was like, it's so stupid and it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, it matters because you decide it matters, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, what's actually happening on the pitch is only part of it the rest of it is as you say it's the story it's the narrative it's the you know people overcoming adversity or going back to previous clubs and stuff like that that's what makes it so interesting it's just it's theater it doesn't doesn't really matter but it's like it's like following a tv show where you don't actually know how things are going to go um there's no reason for things to go a certain way there's no like good people or bad people necessarily yeah, um, and it doesn't require writers to have to think up of something to happen. So, so like, yeah. really anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, nobody's telling them like, "Well, that's too unrealistic," or you know, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah, stuff just that happens. Yeah. So it's it's quite interesting. Yeah, but I think that even that thing that you said just before, it's like, um, things matter because you decide that it matters, and then the amount the yeah. amount that I've realized that that is like <laughs> everything. You go, well, yeah. what? like, because, you know, it's so easy to be very nihilistic and, you yeah. know, not give a shit about anything. But suddenly yeah. you go, oh, you care about stuff because you decide to care about it. Like, why is anything important? It's because yeah. people give a shit about it. And you go, oh. And that kind of feels like that's, like, the one cure I found to just being completely like, well, nothing matters. There's no point to anything. There's no point to life. There's more. And you, know, you go, but what if you, it's like, what if you care? And then you go, oh, yeah. well, I guess there is, <laughs> there is kind of a point then, because you care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I'm not crying over you. It's, um, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was really funny. I think I've, I've, the, I've heard a, the similar gag before, which is the Flight of the Concord song. Sure. Which which one? Um, I, they, they just have one where they're crying. I think it might just be called, like, I'm Not Crying or something like that. Let me, let me find it. Um, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I see. It's funny because I, I feel like I normally know my comedy stuff. And then uh, uh, to, to let slide on this, I feel embarrassed. <laughs> it's called I'm Not Crying. Yeah, Flight yeah, right. of the Concords, I'm Not Crying. Um but yeah, I remember it's it's a, it's a similar thing. It's like it's like all these sort of excuses for why you can see me crying. Um, one, it, like I'm not crying. It's just been raining on my face. Um, yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. I, or I think one of my favorites is um, these aren't tears of sadness because you're leaving me. I've just been cutting onions. I'm making a yeah. lasagna. <laughs> for one. 
<laughs> that for one is, is yeah. excellent. So yeah, oh, that's really um, nice. But yeah, but I, it's a it's still a good take on the same on a similar gag, and I think the sure. the, the commitment to the bit is what sells it for me that um the the line i think you said it already but a, a broken hearted man i can't relate yeah or yeah, unlike I'm, myself yeah, not, it's hard for yeah. me to relate so i yeah. practice night and day that the commitment to that is very elegantly done yeah which I really, exactly really like. i think the way that it's like it's yeah it slowly unfurls like quite a small idea yeah into into a, you know a decent like it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's repeating himself too much in this song yeah. and especially like a one joke song like that it's very yeah. often you know you're like all right get through it <laughs> but it's also i think the, right. the music of it is actually enjoyable enough that uh it, it for me it holds up even without the comedy but this but it's the yeah. hearing the lyrics that took me a little while to make uh yeah. to make me uh you know like it so much that i would put it on a list <laughs> yeah sure mm. okay uh all right song three is the song from your introduction to music so your song is White Room by Cream. Sure. Yeah. Well, like uh, I grew up in Montreal in um, okay. in Canada, uh-huh. and uh, and uh, my dad used to listen to a radio station called Oldies Nine Nineties or an Oldies Nine Ninety, I think. Okay. And uh, and so that was just on all the time, and so it was always just songs from like the sixties and seventies and things like that. And I don't think I, I I mostly didn't take notice, but you know, but you're just absorbing stuff. I think, yeah, you know, a lot of the time. And then, and then you kind of just notice the times when your dad is like dancing like Bon Scott, like kind of just doing that one leg. I don't know if every dad does that. Anyway, it's probably just my dad. But no, I mean, I'm sure many dads have done it. But my dad did a lot of that kind of like one-legged, pretending to play the guitar. Uh, right. Okay. ACDC kind of um, hop forward. And um, and then over the years, you know, my dad accumulated CDs and things like that. And so then I kind of started to be able to put names and stuff to various um, of those songs, which I, I don't, they weren't necessarily all enjoyable at the time. But yeah, Cream was one that we heard a lot because I think Clapton was on quite a bit of rotation. I think we had like... Um, He's in a weird place now, isn't he? Right? Is he? He kind of was one of those guys who went weird during the pandemic, yeah. right? Uh, damn. I I think it may have been building for a while, but yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it just seems there's so many guys right now who are. I mean, it's just any adult. They just seem to get one thing, one thing stuck in their head, and it yeah. fucks their whole personality. It becomes the point on which their whole personality pivots. Yeah, focusing on that one point, and then that's the end of them. Like we're like, oh, well, that's it for you. <laughs> you being yeah. a very interesting person, you're kind of just a one issue, <laughs> you know, rotten yeah. mind. Yeah. Do you know I um? Sorry, this is a complete tangent from from your song, but um, I I heard James Acaster talking about this, and he was talking about um J.K. Rowling, and yeah, like that's well documented. I don't need to explain that. Sure, yeah, but yeah. um. He was basically saying it's like it's it's this idea that um, we grew up thinking we're the good guys, like we constantly think we're the good guys, mm. and then if we get something wrong or we like we say something that people disagree with and we get this kind of backlash, your initial reaction is, "Well, fuck you, I'm the good guy. What are you talking about?" And mm. then you get like your backup. But yeah, I've seen so many people who 
get this one as you say this one issue and it they it's it's like the, instead of listening to what people around them are saying it's like actually you know that's probably not okay now they're like well fuck you like i've never had a problem with this before i've always been the good guy why is this a problem mm. now you're the problem and yeah. then as you say like it just completely takes over i've talked a bit, a bit about van morrison recently on this show and oh yeah and like yeah he's just he's a, a madman now like he's like releasing songs about facebook and the pandemic and bill gates and stuff and you're like settle down <laughs> what, yeah. what happened it's crazy because yeah. it's yeah if it's all based in just you know it's like when it's all based in kind of like fear or anger at other people or like yeah. you know it's like what could happen what it's like yeah. it becomes yeah you know and we're seeing so many people kind of you know like it feels like uh, Chappelle's being poisoned by it like you know like mm. the one issue thing it's like yeah um you know there's there's yeah there's so many people and it's it's just going to be really int- I mean I'm sure the fact that fame is attached to it and that it's such a large group of people who are maybe right. seeming to turn against you that's probably got to play a part in maybe um yeah. making you more insane about it yeah. but anyway yeah so but but there was a time when you know uh Eric Clapton was <laughs> innovating and uh yes yeah <laughs> and uh and then again this is kind of like one of those narrative things but i remember is like i i had listened to it i mean cream is has a weirdly wide variety of like yeah. what their sound can be because they'll have yeah. that stuff which is like bum 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 i feel free <laughs> when you're like oh yeah. this is weird um and then and then you'll have like something like White Room, which some people will say, like is say like one of the one of the starting songs that may have led to like heavy metal and things like that. You right, know, like okay. one of the songs that kind of like you know people kind of mention like Helter Skelter, and then I think White Room is there is like another one of the uh, like the kind of fuzzy uh, rock songs that um, led to that. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think it's again it's a it's a it's a possible narrative based thing that put this song you know whilst i also enjoy it uh that, right. that put this song in my mind is the one that would stand out from you know the others uh yeah. from that time yeah excellent it's such a great song i am um, because my music listening is is almost entirely dominated by doing this show yeah i'm so happy when you put the song on your list because um my message at the time uh have you watched any yeah. of the last of us since i haven't watched any of the no. last of us yet so it was just it was at the same time as it was coming literally out. literally yeah. that week so there's um like i would imagine many people listening have have uh have seen the show but um there's a very iconic very talked about episode of the last of us uh that revolves around bill and frank mm-hmm. and uh the closing shot of that episode features this song and everyone was talking about that episode like the week you messaged me to say yeah, right. actually can we change it to to white room by cream so instantly i was just like <laughs> oh you've probably just seen the last of us and thought actually i really like that song but because um because i heard that song and loved it so much in the show and then you put it in your list i was like fucking a like i i can i can listen to the song constantly now because it's yeah it's so it's so good it's so it's good so and fun. there is still like you know people talk about that era of being you know, like the, you know, the golden age of rock and roll and things like that. Yeah. You, but there is like, you know, and, and people kind of go, well, oh, well, you know, everybody's, you know, like, you know, uh, 
heightening something that is based on you know think how things were in in, in the old days but there is right. such a warmth to the rock and roll of that era yeah and there is such a quality to it that is hard to deny like it's just like it's just so strange that you go and listen to some hendrix and some you know yeah. cream and some you know like some credence and some you know stuff like that where i'm like like this is this really holds up yeah no absolutely i think for me i feel like like that that era of rock and roll music the priority seemed to be like talent and those mm. are the people that really got like uh to the top of the industry or like you know they got to you, you you talk about them a lot more now and i would say like with clapton and cream as a, for instance i would say in their entire discography there's probably a good portion of that that i'd say like are not necessarily great songs even though they're very sure. talented musicians but yeah. because they're very talented musicians when they do come up with great songs they are fucking great yeah there's just there's just so much quality and everything that they're doing is so technically proficient and mm. and uh there's yeah it's just a real genuine talent to it you know yeah, yeah. and that's really interesting because you forget that there there's like there's systemic reasons why you right because like you know like every time a music you know a songs hit number one or albums hit number one it was not it's not always because it's like it's the best <laughs> Like yeah, everything is is a is a popularity contest, but it's also got to do with whatever the system is bringing up to the surface and allowing us to hear. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so yeah, it depends on what the priorities of the people who were making those choices and the record labels and things like that. And if it was like more talent based, and which is maybe why like you would get more hideous rock stars, you know, back right, in those sure. days. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, less people who have a beautiful look and things like that. But also yeah. the other thing you, you mentioned that um i was thinking about recently which is that thing where music is one of those things where you can very and maybe it's like this with all arts but your talent can quickly exceed the tastes of the populace right like where where you can easily be a much better musician than anybody could ever want to ever listen to like yeah yeah you know it's like comparing like the you know the the sort of 30s to 60s kind of era of jazz to the era of jazz since then where it's a lot it's a lot of university educated people who are trying to outpace each other out you know like yeah yeah. i mean you know and again i'm I'm completely generalizing yeah but but there's a lot of stuff where you listen to and it's very like academic kind of you know jazzy kind of stuff but also just makes you go well Yes, I, I I appreciate that this is very proficient, but there's a there's no way in which I would be interested in listening to this on a yeah you know uh, on rotation or in, in in any capacity other than being you know forced to do it in order to appreciate it uh, yeah. for uh, academic reasons yeah 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 and then and then in the mainstream I mean I I couldn't tell you any like talented musicians in the industry right now like you you could name some very incredible vocalists and i think there's obviously a priority on like uh like rappers with great flow or very Mm. talented producers who can who can create uh amazing beats and that's obviously that's an incredible talent in its own right but a completely separate thing you you wouldn't you know they're not idolized in the same way like great guitarists great drummers great bass players um even like like uh, like saxophonists or 
florists yeah you know well, they're they're just not they're not idolized or prioritized in the same way anymore yeah I mean, it's it's quite interesting when you see that Lizzo is quite an amazing is quite amazing on the flute, and that she yeah. went and studied flute, and you go, oh shit! Like it's like it's like you go, well, you, also you you can do this, which is yeah, you know, you're, what you're doing is great, but also the fact that you can go, yeah, on, on the flute, you go, but that's Whoa. but that's a party trick for her rather than like yeah. her being an amazing flautist, which is like it's quite an old yeah. thing to like just study something and then like bring it out, and people are like, oh, you can play the flute, okay, cool. Yeah, play juice again. <laughs> it is. It's so odd. Yeah, that it is like, oh, let me juggle as well while I sing this song. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost, yeah, it's just like a little icing on it. Because yeah, mm. I guess the flute just doesn't doesn't play that big a part in the modern music. Although I did hear yeah. Jenny Jenny from the Block recently. I think I was uh-huh. driving yesterday, and that do 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 do. Do 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 whatever. I just messed up the last bit, but um, <laughs> I hadn't realized how much that was. That was actually pretty much all flute. Mm. Um, uh, so there, there are still some pockets in which, um, in which the flute does appear. But it's, <laughs> sure, uh, you know, in modern music, I say that it's like it's a freaking twenty-five-year-old song or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's in current music, modern music. Jenny from the block. Yeah. Jenny from the block. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, J Lo at least hasn't doesn't look like she's aged since that moment. So, True. I feel like that that keeps it current, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, song four then is a song that makes you happy. So, uh, your song is "I'll Close My Eyes" by Blue Mitchell. Oh yeah, great. That's cool. I, yeah, I sorry. I've, I even though I have looked over this list before, <laughs> I I forget what I've answered. Um, yeah, I just is that that one's just like that one's entirely on the energy of the song. Um, and this is kind of from, you know, like I started listening to jazz because of that same thing I was mentioning earlier, where it was like, oh, I need something to, that doesn't have words so that I can work. Uh, and then I had like white noise, but not the song, but the, (laughs) the actual, um, and then, and then I was like, oh, maybe I could start listening to some like jazz or something like that. See if I can get into it. And then I, I, YouTube would recommend various things, and it was quite it was quite good in that the the way that they recommended stuff was often like rare, weird stuff that you know I'd never heard of. And mm-hmm. Blue Mitchell was just this guy who came out of that. Uh, he had this album called Blues Moods, and and the whole song was just like it just has the I don't know it's just got a great fun energy. Anyway, um, and it's. It's, you know it's got a good pace to it it's it's mostly just trumpet and then and then uh piano and i don't know it just it brings me so much joy and it's just one of those ones that's been in my rotation with uh, bubble butt and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes like genuinely like if i'm going to a gig i'll put on uh, i'll close my eyes and then i'll put on bubble butt and then maybe i'll, I'll also Actually, I'll play my "Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck," which is the, um, the "Run the oh, Jewels" yeah. one, which is I yeah. hadn't realized is another "Close Your Eyes" song. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, true. You know, and "Bubble Butt" that's closing. On, also on the list. Yeah. Oh, did I put that one on the list as well? Oh yeah. great! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was, I, it no, turns it's out fine. I only... it's fine. Yeah, I, I like I, I knew as you were saying it was like okay, let's not give too much away on that one. Oh my it's, god, yeah, it's, it's I'm coming. So sorry. Um, don't worry, um, don't worry. Is so? Do, do you ever listen to any jazz? Usually, no. Um, what I've said before about jazz is that I think for me, jazz is very much like uh, red wine. In that, mm. 
I don't know anything about it, uh, yeah. but I like certain pockets of it. I like yeah. what I like. What I like is probably wrong. It's probably not the best example of it. Um, but that's and all it I, should be, right? Yes, I agree. I, agree. I think that that's but, all it should be. It should just be yeah. you... Because I think, yeah, I think it's like you hear it, you go, either this one, this particular song is of a mood that makes me feel good or, yes. you know, or, or that makes me feel like this is interesting or it's like positive emotions or it makes me feel negative emotions or bored or something like that, right? Right. So you throw away the stuff <laughs> that yeah. makes you feel bored, right? And then yeah. you, you, you keep the stuff that you like. And then yeah. slowly but surely, and this is what I discovered through the YouTube thing, is that suddenly I go, oh, I'm developing a taste in jazz because right. I'm going, I don't like hard bop. I don't like this stuff that is fast and too full on and that kind of stuff like that, yeah. right? Uh, I, so you go, oh, I like, turns out I like cool jazz, right? Which sounds like the lamest type of jazz to like, but it's right. it's just chilled out. It's like, you know, it's people just playing, you know, with emotion and I don't know, and you, you just, like some, I've even found myself recently, like, you listen to somebody playing a solo, and then mm -hmm. they do something, and you go, oh, you silly Billy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I laugh sometimes at, like, somebody right. who's, like, they're, they're playing a solo, and they go, like that, and you go, you're being a, you're being a goofball there, <laughs> you know? Because that's what it is, like, that's all it is. It's like, you're playing, and you can, you can play something to people, like, sometimes people just play, like, they play, like, you know, 10 notes of like a recognizable song or something like that that might play like you know pop goes right. the weasel or something like that and you go yeah what are you doing you goof you know or you know they'll, or they'll just make a weird sound or they'll make a weird choice and you kind of go like you genuinely are going like oh i'm just like hearing somebody's decisions yeah sure but then yeah. but in the end you like it or you don't like it who cares right it's like yeah. i don't think that anybody should ever be forced to like this it's like it's such a weird thing to be like this is good yeah. and you should like it you know because again i think it's that narrative thing it's like people right. are sometimes like something just because they're like well you know what this is and therefore yeah. you should bow before it yeah sure yeah yeah absolutely yeah people put a lot of uh, a lot of work into liking something they're like you you are lesser if you don't yeah. have the same appreciation for it yeah. yeah but i love this song i think it's um it was it's beautiful it's um it's very very chilled and we've had a, a little bit of nice weather here recently so like having this on in the car with the windows down and um yeah it's 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 a it's a beautiful song really, oh great really well, yeah that's really nice yeah it's got a good feel it's got a good positive mood to it it's yeah. nice to have a, to, to to be in that for a couple minutes yeah absolutely absolutely so for you then for the 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 happy energy then is that sort of more of a a relaxed kind of blissful energy is what you're going for when when we're saying happy yeah i think so i think that that one is much more blissful um a lot of the time i do like something that you can just kind of sit back in and feel like stress is melting away yeah um but you know it you don't find that many songs i find for me anyway that that do have that kind of blissful happy energy that you know that sustains you know like that thing where it's like oh this song releases a certain amount of serotonin for me makes me feel good and then i'm going to yeah. listen to it until uh, until that <laughs> stops working you know yeah 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 and so yeah and so i hit that a lot and sometimes it is it it can just be like it can be a string of notes in the 
you know, in, in the, in the course or whatever that just, you're, you're just waiting for that to come. And then you go, Oh, there's my fix. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. But it's, that's, I guess that's that, that weird, um, that weird part about music where it's just like, it's just reacting with your consciousness in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're, absolutely. and you don't, you know, you can't explain it because it isn't material. It isn't like, you know, it doesn't have an explanation other than, Oh, you know, I'm sure there's some theorists who can give you some kind of thing, but, um, yeah, yeah I like it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Song five is the song that makes you sad. So you went for you're my sunshine by Norman Blake. Yeah. I mean that one, um, I, you know, I, I've basically sung You Are My Sunshine for my kids every single day that they've been alive, mostly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it both, it also makes me happy. Um, but I think uh, my interpretation of the song is now different. I don't really go beyond the first. Uh, I mean, I love <laughs> that version of it. Like, yeah. I love that version that, he, that Norman Blake does. But beyond the first um the first verse it starts to get a little bit weirder about yeah the relationship with this with this lady <laughs> and yes. it doesn't seem 100% healthy um yeah but but i uh you know once once uh, you've written the song and you've put it out into the world people can interpret it in the way that they want and so it has got new meaning in my in my mind which yeah. is that these kids mean everything to me and that uh when i think about it uh, the song. The reason why it makes me sad is because I I know that my kids are aging, and it just and it means that I'm aging, right? <laughs> and it means that they're not going to be kids eventually, and so all this will be gone. It means that eventually mm-hmm. I will be gone. Uh, it's like all that stuff. Just like you know, it's it's I'm 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 doing amazingly to hold it together right now. Uh, but okay. like you know, it just feels like it, it for for me. It's like it it's um, all the important stuff, all the things that you know, I, I didn't have before that, that I have now that feels so important that feel like you give my life meaning. Um, it's all in just, yeah. Telling, telling my kids that they're, they're everything to me and that, Mm. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, so yeah, it makes me sad, but it's mostly like a kind of like a, uh, a sadness that is like, uh, enjoying the, you know, trying to remind yourself to enjoy the moment while it's here. Um, yeah, because it's because it is good despite it not always feeling good because it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I get what you mean on the vibe of the song because this was the song I didn't realize was a sad song until you put it in this category. Because mm. uh, I not really listened to it properly. I just like I I you know I heard the chorus and um, it's a like it's a quite a commonly used football chant in the UK. Yeah, as right. Well. Um. <laughs> That we see that would uh, give a different context for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so um, it's that, that's a lot more positive um, when it's like you are my soul shark, my only soul shark. Um, so, so yeah, it's um, it's got a, a different energy. Um, so yeah, like yeah, and this this has happened to me before. Puff the Ma- Ma- Puff the Magic Dragon was the other one where um, I was shocked to realize it was a sad song when someone put it on their list. Yeah, um, right. But um, but yeah, no, I, I I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Like it is, it um, I think fatherhood can bring us that that certain perspective where, uh, 
going back to what we said about you know how uh things matter because you decide they matter and then you know with with fatherhood it's like it 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 matters just because it fucking matters like and you know your kids matter and like all of a sudden your life matters and they're like it's very important that you're around and that you're providing and there's Mm. a lot of a lot of reality that comes with that that it can be can can be quite difficult and uh, yeah i I try not to dwell too much on (laughs) the uh you know um this will this too shall pass kind of energy with it as well which sure um, sure sure, yeah yeah, it can definitely be, be overwhelming um but yeah i think that's the thing i i keep coming trying to come back to is 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 trying to enjoy the moment that you're in and trying to like capture those moments and capture the mundane and and like be aware of yourself in those moments as well um so i would imagine like having a song like this that you've sung to them repeatedly would bring back a lot of like very happy memories and very happy moments oh totally Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely i mean it just ties their whole their whole existence into it and i can picture myself you know i can just sing it and picture myself at you know in different houses that we've been in and different rooms and being you know just different times like i don't know it's just yeah you can to have their whole timeline tied yeah. into a thing like that it's quite it's just quite interesting these like middle parts of life where you're like <laughs> you are like really seeing the mechanisms of like how your brain works and you're understanding that it's like, you know, like, oh, these, like, these things, like an anchor like this, that is like one point, you know, it's probably like one node in your brain that is attached to all of these memories and that this Mm. node suddenly has is super important and this song is super important to you because you've attached it to so many things and that you can kind of decide, you know, people create tradition, people create different things like that, you know, we come back every year to, you know, for Christmas because we meet there and then, you know, it's like that makes this thing important because we've all decided to do that and I guess that was like, this was kind of accidental but originally we were just like, we were cycling through more songs when we were putting the kids to bed but then at some point we're just like, I don't know that many songs. I mean, for a while we were singing, you know, like Farm and Sam, like like intro right. music. Yes. You know, do, 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 when he hears the fire alarm, you know. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, let's just stick to like You Are My Sunshine. And then we do that in Speed Bonnie Boat, which is one that Indiana's uh, family used to sing a lot. Anyway, but yeah, you kind of just like you find these little things that are like, oh, this is actually a genuinely nice thing. I, and, I, and this year in my comedy festival show, I I added um, a version of me singing this song to my kid. But like, because right. like my kids were interrupting. I was trying to build stuff into the comedy festival show that was like, oh, family's interrupting, work is interrupting. I can't even do work without, you know, that kind of stuff. And near the end of the show was probably one of the highlights. Um, my kid calls up, Otis calls up on the phone and says, hey, daddy, it's bedtime. Can you just sing us a song? And I go, oh, you know, uh, all right, I'll just do one. And so then I kind of start to sing You Are My Sunshine. But then so I go, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And then Otis goes, uh, oh, could you make it funny? Which is the thing that Otis really does. Right? Okay. And I go, uh, okay. And then I just, normally I would have to improvise a song that is, you right. know. And so, again, I'll go to a lot of butt stuff. I'll go to like, you know, any weird stuff so and you know so then i'd go oh 
there was a dog, but instead of drinking from toilets, it would drink straight from people's butts like that, you know. And then, and then Otis would go, "Could you do it without the potty humor?" And so then, and then it becomes this whole bit now where I keep trying to do different versions of a funny song, but then Otis is, Otis criticizes the comedy style. <laughs> Right, says, okay, so then yeah. I go, you know, I go three dogs walk into a bar. And he goes, no street jokes. And I go, oh, um, it's like, uh, what's the deal with? And he goes, oh, can you make it less 80s? And, you know, and then it's like, and you go, well, dogs, they be shopping. You know, oh, can you make it less 90s? And I go, make, you go, make it personal. And I go, oh, okay. Uh, I had a dog when I was young. So can you say it happened recently to give it freshness? You know, and I go, uh <laughs> You know, so that kind of stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's fun to have little things like that. And so, yeah, the song yeah. is like, is now just ram-packed with meaning in my own mind, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, I've, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. I, li- I like having that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, we um we would sing uh, Skidamarink to, to my son. I don't know if you know Skidamarink. Uh, oh, Skidamarinky-dinky-dink, Skidamarinky-doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, so that's, that's the song we, 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 uh sang to him to get him to sleep and um yeah i i i i wish we had all those memories tied into a less annoying song so um <laughs> you're my sunshine is a, is a great yeah. one for that yeah it's a good one <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. you made some good life choices i think <laughs> all right song six is a song to relax to so you've gone for all that you are by yeah. Art Tatum and ben webster yeah did you find this chill i did yeah of course i did yeah yeah I just like this one was just like through uh, throughout the years now that I've you know I've I find it I found it difficult to accept that I'm a person who likes jazz. Okay, <laughs> but sure. I, but I you know and I've I've for a long time I've I've never wanted to really say it publicly. Okay. But, uh, it's just such okay. a weird because 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 of that reaction I think is like that thing like you were feeling that people feel like there's something to get other than I enjoy yes. this or I don't enjoy this. Right? Yeah, there's, there's, the there's a, a good and a bad jazz, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and so um but you know this one just really again came from encountering things maybe on Spotify maybe on YouTube things like that and then occasionally coming across somebody that I'd never come across Art Tatum was like this guy I'd never really come across but then you know I you know I read some of his Wikipedia and uh and I saw this cool stuff about him where people were like oh a lot of these guys have like you know nicknames a lot of you know jazz guys have jazz nicknames but apparently uh, his nickname to a lot of people was God, right? So it's just like if people were like, oh, God's in the house. Oh, like wow. That. And so because he's just like, you know, I think he was mostly blind uh, and just this piano player who just I think spent most of his time playing by himself. Okay. Right. And so that's why he has this like such ornate kind of like piano playing, you know, so many fills that just fill every single little moment, you know, like that's because he would just – I think you know he probably would spend a lot of time playing, you know, uh, the be the background music in bars and various, you know, for some reason I picture hotel lobbies, but I don't know if that's actually the case. Um, sure. So he he could play all, you know, he could play all parts of any jazz song at any time. But then, um, in this album, this is like, uh, you know, and I think I also liked this album. Maybe after I read this as well, it made me like it more. That this was like his last, maybe his last recordings that he'd done okay. before he died. You know, probably right. died in his fifties, a very kind of jazz age to die. Um, maybe of like liver failure or something like that. And uh, and so he's team. He team. So he, he there's not that many recordings of him playing with other people, but right. he he fits really good with this guy Ben Webster, who is this sax player, who mm-hmm. plays this very kind of like deep, breathy 
chilled out sax, like the kind of counterpoint to his like all over the place piano. You just got a guy who, um, who just plays like, I mean, I'd, I'd read about him. I think he had played this Ben Webster guy. He might've been in either like Basie's band or, um, uh, who's the other guy? Wait, oh, Ellington, right? Uh, Duke Ellington's band. He was in one of those right. two bands. And I remember hearing about him, and I have never, I haven't been able to find this this particular sentence anywhere else. But somebody had referred to him as a legit man. Okay. Right? So Ben Webster is a legit man, and apparently okay. a legit man in the when you're playing in big band jazz is a guy who just sticks to the notes that you've been asked to play. You stick to the main melody, and right. Okay. And so and and Ben Webster was a legit man, and I just I I, okay. I, I just liked that phrasing. Anyway, yeah, that's good. So, so you so you team up with some legit man with God, right? Right. And and together in this song, which I feel like is the best song on, on their that that particular recording, um, and yeah, all that you are, it's just very chill. I mean, it kind of starts out with a lot of art, so you're kind of like, oh, this is, seems really dramatic at first, mm-hmm. you know, doon 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 like that, doon like that, all that kind of stuff, and then but then when Ben comes in with the sax, I'm just like, all right, this is now a chill out song, and you can just sink yeah. into your seat and just really enjoy this yeah yeah absolutely yeah i don't know that that is that is the closest i think a song can get you to feeling like you're on some kind of downer or <laughs> you know like like it's uh, it's like a sedative in itself you go oh i can this actually does melt a bit of stress yeah yeah mm. i think it's it's quite it's quite difficult to i think there are songs where i will if i put myself into the the right head space i will find very relaxing and then there are songs like this that will like almost against my will yeah. put me into this uh this kind of head space and almost like force me to relax um yeah that's but nice. yeah like like a sedative is probably the right thing it's like, like yeah. it's like petting someone down and like injecting them with something and then you know all their fears melt away yeah and i think that that's what it it's felt like the whole thing about finding jazz like you know like exploring any you know the jazz stuff that's out there it really is just finding certain songs that give you a certain feel and then you kind of like just put that aside either in your memory or right. like you know on playlists and you're like this is for when i need to feel this you know like this is when i'm i'm looking for that feel i'm gonna go back to this you know it's like i want to chill out now all right yeah, let's get these chill out songs let's get this i want to get pumped up i want to feel good i want to have some serotonin i want to you know, like sometimes I listen to this yeah, really yeah. like I do have one kind of weird like, you know, like with dissonance and kind of stuff like that. You know, like it's like Eric Dolphy album, I think Out to Lunch is what it's called. And he's like a saxophonist who just like has stuff that's good. like really a lot of that stuff like that that you picture like free jazz kind of had like that. Like that. And he has a bunch of that in there. And I never thought that I would enjoy that. But one time I put it on. I mean, I can never play it when my partner's here, when my wife's home. Um, right. It's like you know, it just it just fucks with her ear, um, and just her mind. It just wrecks her mind, <laughs> um, sure. as it would with in most people's mind. But, um, but I I I did work, like I did writing at some point, just like you know, uh, whilst listening to that one time, and it just it somehow just occupied the parts of my brain that really you know, that we're getting distracted and I'm constantly distracted. And I was like, something about hectic music can be helpful somehow. Like, 
Right. Anyway, I, yeah. So, yeah, but I don't enjoy it for its like f- for itsness, like for it, <laughs> for the musicality yeah. or anything like that. I like it for its purposes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's valid. That's like something. That. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Song seven is a song from your preteen years. So you went for a Basket Case by Green Day. Yeah. This was just. I mean, how are you in your mid thirties? You early thirties? How dare you? Uh, I'm yeah, so sorry. And I'm joking. Uh, early 30s. Yeah, I'm 32. <laughs> early 30s. Okay, great. Yeah. So was this around when you were in high school or anything like this? Like, I mean, I this, guess it would have obviously existed. Yeah. Yeah. So I I slightly missed the, like, Green Day, Blink-182. Like, I slightly missed that genre. Mm. Um, I was more, like, indie music. Uh, Muse would have been the closest, I think. Yeah. Um, and there were certain songs that like slightly overlapped, but I don't know. I was very up my own ass, so like if it didn't exactly yeah. align with what I wanted, I, I sort of dismissed it. So I was I, like, I'm very aware of the song, but um, yeah, yeah. So because like I think, and 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 maybe from from somebody who was outside, you can you can correct me, like you can tell me what your perspective of it was. But for me, like this song came, like this album came out, uh, uh, Dookie. Green Day's Dookie came out um, while I was in high school. I uh, know while I was in primary school, and maybe it would have been like ninety three or ninety four or something like that. Um, maybe earlier. Who knows? Maybe later. Um, but um, sorry, I just I was like, why did I say <laughs> maybe earlier? Really? Anyway, we're back. Um, and and it just was like I don't know. I I lo- I love that song so much, and it it aligned my dad had liked it as well so I was like so I we had the album okay. at home and it was one of the few times I was like oh this is like new music and my dad really likes it that's cool yeah. and but like but then Green Day kind of like became a more popular band you know and then they had those kind of like things that were like you know American Idiot and things like that which to me like doesn't have as consistent or good a sound as like you know what Dookie had Dookie the whole album feels like it fits together it feels like right. you know they're so together they're on point they're like you know like they they're they're a young band with a very unique kind of like you know not quite punk but pretty punk still at that time yeah, like sure. you know um you know and and I don't know like I think they must have had an, uh, another album beforehand or something like that but like they 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 merged real you know it just for me felt like a is close to a perfect album I had ever heard, and at that time I did, I, I did not have any clue of perfect albums. But for me, sure. that still fits. You know, it it delivers what it what it is. But like to you, who would have become definitely more aware of them during their kind of like American Idiot and those kinds of things, uh, does this album to you sound like it's all part of the same kind of thing? <laughs> the same kind you of know, thing as as like American as Idiot that later stuff, stuff. yeah. Uh, probably yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. But I think, I mean, I'm not going to be the best person to ask here because I like I haven't really done much of a deep dive into sure, like, sure, sure. the specific Green Day albums. So for me, most of Green Day probably sounds like the same. For yeah, me. it's a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, but do you have bands that you loved, and then at some point they hit a level of success, and then you were like, they've changed? Uh, Kings of Leon. Yeah, Kings of Leon. So, so I have a see. So I feel about this album 
the same as like I have for like aha break shake or whatever heartbeat break yeah. shake. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like you know. like that yeah, it's it's <laughs> I'm I'm really good at talking. I don't know if you know this, but I do it actually <laughs> professionally. Um, but like, yeah, I I kind of feel like with this album the same way as like I do with those those like two of those like um, yeah those out those out those albums from um, I've already forgotten their name, but um, what are Kings they called? The Bro- Kings of Leon. Yeah, <laughs> I I freaking love those albums so much, and then right. it very much did like they became popular, and then you're like. You're different, you guys. It's not the same thing that you have. You have a different sound, but yeah. I wonder if there's people out there who've only known them from that period and whether they and they hated them, whether they go back and listen to those older albums and go, same shit, man. It's the same mm. garbage. Yeah, probably yeah. not. I don't know. There's, the, I mean, I think, I think um, there's definitely a point for for a lot of bands where they start writing music for the place that they're in. So when mm. they get a certain level of commercial success, all of a sudden they're playing in front of bigger crowds, and then I think they need to write songs that are going to appeal to these bigger crowds and have like, you know, bits mm. that are sing alongable or you know, big anthems and that kind of thing. That for me is I feel like that very much happened with Kings of Leon, where they went mm. from writing music in in one style and then they got a certain level of commercial success, and all of a sudden they had to write songs that like, you know, everyone would sing along to, um, mm. and. I don't know if that's fair or not and it could just be that like you know bands evolve bands change they like they of change course, the sound yeah. they go for for different things and sometimes you just you know it's not it's not for you and that's fine yeah but um, I mean it's like yeah it's like like you know Bonnever has never been able to make an album that is like you know for Emma or whatever like that ever again right. but also the thing is is that you wouldn't want them to make you, know, you wouldn't want them to make that same album over and over again it's just that yeah these albums have a particular feel for you they feel great and you go you've nailed yes. it you've tapped into my brain and that was success to me yes. right and then now you're not doing that and now I'm annoyed <laughs> yeah. with you <laughs> yeah but you're tapping yeah. into many more people's brains you know it's like yeah 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 that's um, it. yeah so anyway but like yeah um basket case just you know is just fun it reminds me of uh primary school um and it i don't know it still holds up i love the drumming in it i love you know and i i, I love billy joe's stupid voice <laughs> do you have the time like i mean <laughs> i can't imagine that he talks like that regularly no yeah we've been no, touring you know, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's that it's like that vocal fry thing that like a lot of um uh, american women are getting called out for now isn't it yeah it's, a, it's yeah. the same thing like green day with their first yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, who does that it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they can't it's like they they can't can't quite figure out how to get their mouth around the, the sound yeah it's it's almost it sounds like there's a webbing between all of the vowels <laughs> yeah you know it's like you know like you've seen like you know like a bat's wing i don't know it feels like everything is just covered in this background sound yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, song eight is a cover, so you've gone for Seven Nation Army. Uh, by oh yeah, C.W. Stone King. Yeah, well, this one was cool just because it was just from years ago, and I didn't even really know. I mean, I did know Seven Nation Army, but um, I didn't listen to it anywhere near as much as I listened to this version. And this just was just, uh, you know, if you had anybody else on do a Triple J like a version. On, oh on yeah, this? yeah. And so this yeah. is just one. Of, this is one of those. Um, and um i don't know it's just like he his he was just out of you know 
his style, I don't know how it became so popular here because he just feels like he's from another era. I don't know whether he's playing a character. (laughs) Right, okay. You know, like I assume that he probably is playing at least a little bit of a character. Sure. Because when you've listened to the song, have you seen the video or have you seen... Okay, no, because there's a YouTube... The White Stripes video or him doing this? Oh, no, no, his version. Yeah, yeah, Oh, no, his... I haven't known. Just because when they, when they did do it, there was like a little bit of thing. It was like, oh, when they asked me uh, whether I would, uh, you know, if I could do a song, a cover, I was like, well, people said, well, no one's going to know the covers that you're going to cover. So I was like, oh, all right. And, <laughs> you know, like he just sounds like he comes from, you know, like 80 years ago or something like that. And right. all the guys are dressed up and, you know, like, like they, they are kind of dressed down their instruments look like they're a hundred years old right you know and then um yeah i just felt like it he's taken a modern song and just kind of made it sound way older and that's a much less common thing that you hear right you don't normally you know you hear somebody take you know folk song make it hip hop you hear somebody take a new one like an old song yeah. make it new but it's rare that you take take a song that sounds very right now and you take it back a hundred years or you take it back to you know like yeah. like to the Appalachian Mountains or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like there, there there are definitely a lot of I've seen a lot of like cover bands that like do that kind of like jukebox thing um mm. But they all base it makes all the songs sound more or less the same, regardless of what they're covering. They'll do all the modern sort of songs, but they all more or less sound like the same song. Yeah. Um, what I really liked about this is that he, it's a, it's a cover, but it feels like, and I mean this is a positive thing. It feels like he's not really necessarily respecting the original that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. that there are certain parts of like the very iconic riff that don't quite fit his mm. song in certain like uh uh in certain bars and then some of the lyrics are slightly changed some of the the like they're just like chopped up in a in mm. a kind of weird way and it's it's basically i i love that as a cover because he's basically taking what the song that he wants to create and taking the bits of seven nation army that fit and then if they don't fit fuck it just leave it yeah. leave it to the sides you know um but I really, really like that in, in that as a as a, as a cover. I thought that was I thought it was really interesting and I've seen this kind of thing done before, but it's done in a really like authentic and genuine and very, very interesting way that I think can be quite difficult to do. Mm. Yeah. I just I find them really interesting. And I had like when I first moved to Melbourne, I had a weird experience where I never got to see him live. But right. I was living with some people who went and saw him live, and he had an opening act. And again, I don't know who this opening act was, but they right. keep they were telling me about this guy who was like, and he had like this kind of like title where he was like a, uh, he was like a, this is a made up term, but it's something like this, like a Louisiana hollerer or something like that, okay. you know, like right, yeah, right? yeah. And so he would play this like he was just a guy by himself on stage who would play the guitar and like just like do these kind of like big just big like long holler yells kind of singing style and for yeah. some reason i always think about that it's like i was like so he also knew other people a bit like him and this apparently uh-huh. this guy was like ah, i don't drink but uh if you yeah, i find a few and he just had this like you know four liter 
thing of water, jug of water, yeah. and he's like, "But I find that if you uh, if you if you drink enough water, you, it can get you, it can get you there, you know, like that." And he just right. skull this jug of water, and he just then holler. And this is all secondhand information, but I I've enjoyed that gig based of, based off of that description, right? And I've sure. always wondered who that man was. But anyway, maybe yeah. one day. actually I could probably Google it and find out. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Mm. Great song, though. Um, all right, song nine is a song you'd sing at karaoke. So you've gone for for once in my life, by yeah. Frank Sinatra. I mean, it's yeah. Is, is that is that too too classic, too normal of a song to go for? Is that what what do you go for normally? What do I go for? Yeah, um, do you? I well, the the song I put on my list that I mm. slightly regret, but there is like there's a reason for it. Is um, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down? Sure. Um, yeah. And yeah, I so the reason I put it on is like I I I was taking my friend Mac, who you know, um, mm. I was taking him to. Uh, he was at my house. He lives in England. I was taking him to the to the the dock so he could get the boat, and uh, he put the song on because it's like very tied into our childhood and nostalgia and stuff. Yeah. Um, like we go way back. And we sang this song very, we sang that song very loudly and uh, in the Southern Drawl. And it was a very, very cathartic experience. So I really enjoyed it. So that's the sort mm. of like, that's the closest thing to karaoke that I've done in years. So that's what, that's why I put that yeah. in. Um, but I remember I, 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 uh, I think it was Beck Charlwood was on the show and um, she asked me the same question. I told her that and she, she didn't recognize the song. She was like, oh, you're, you're, you're very, you're, you're too cool. It's a very cool song. I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm I'm happy with the compliment, but I don't want that to be the reason. I mean, Three Doors Down <laughs> are very much not a cool band, uh, especially since playing Trump's inauguration. So, oh, uh, it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I say I slightly regret it, but it's still yeah, yeah it's still a fun song. But, but that's the, that's the sort of energy I go for. Um, yeah. So this is the, like, is this just because it's quite straightforward for you? Or well, the, I mean, I think I think I, I did go through a kind of like a Sinatra phase when I was right. living in Canberra and at uni and things like that, where I was like, oh, I like this kind of, you know, it doesn't feel like it's a cool, you know, it's like that cool an era of music, but I don't know, I just like, um, I guess it kind of overlaps a little bit with some of the jazz world, but like, it's not right. really like, you know, but um uh i just i don't i don't i love these songs um you know but this particular one and i guess sinatra's range just matches exactly with how i'm capable of singing right okay um and i'm not i'm not a proper singer i do you know i i would love to be able to sing but like i it's it would it's great that i can't because the danger if you do stand up or anything like that is that anybody will start trying to genuinely sing a song. <laughs> right. Sure. I don't know for, for me, you know, that's, that's the thing I, you know, I, I would fear, I would never do it, but it's like, you know, <laughs> it's still yeah. like one of those, you know, it's like being on the edge of a, of a tall building and you're like, you got to tell yourself, don't jump, you know, it's the yeah, same thing. Sure. It's like, Oh, if I could sing <laughs> yeah. well, I'd have to be like, don't sing a genuine song. Um, <laughs> don't be but, uh, yeah, but, but, I've done it a couple. I've done it like only once publicly, but it mm-hmm. felt like I was like, "Oh, I think I'm capable of doing this." Like, right. I think one time I got an audition, right, and it came out of the blue. Right, it came out like I'm not, I'm not a singer in any regard, but I can probably hit the notes, but I okay. don't think there's any quality there of 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 voice. 
Sure. But one time out of the blue, I got an audition for Book of Mormon. And I think it's just because I'm North American sounding and I live in Australia, right? Okay. So Book of Mormon was coming to us to Melbourne right. and I got an audition and I have no idea how I got this, but somebody emailed me yeah. somehow and then, and I was like, I don't think I could do this, right. but I am going to try yeah. as hard as I can and just genuinely try. And so mm-hmm. I got the songs you know, Indiana's a musician, so we, you know, I got her to, like, help me a little bit. But, like, I genuinely, for a couple of days, I had, like, two days to prepare. I just, like, practiced these songs and tried to just hit them, know them, like, hit them in the, you know, like. And then I show up at this audition, and it's, like, everybody around me is, like, proper musical theater people like they're just going right. me 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 and they're all stretching and they're putting their legs up against their head and i'm like holy fuck and i do not belong <laughs> here but they have a comedy role you know like in this movie and right. so then I, I go in and i'm really afraid there's gonna like matt stone and trey parker are gonna be in there and i'm like oh god this would be embarrassing but i go in and it's just like you know it's a bunch of people i don't know <laughs> right and then a piano player and and then anyway, they they start. I you know I I do as best as I can. Um, right. And then I go out and I can feel like people could hear my audition because I could just I don't know. I felt a lot of shame afterwards walking out into right. that world. But I you know I felt good about having tried my best at something, even though <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get it. I was like, but this is like you know this whole industry is just lottery tickets, right? Right. Every yeah, little yeah. thing, you know, every little opportunity, who who the fuck knows, you know? So yeah, I, yeah. I went for it and I felt good about that. And afterwards they did say, we'll contact you to let you know if you didn't get it. Now, now the, you know, that, that show has stopped its run about five years ago, but they haven't contacted me. And so sure, I think okay. I'm still in the running, you know? Yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, I... <laughs> This this song the, my my one thing about this song this this exists in a weird part of my brain where I am very bad at discerning between eras of music. Mm. So the fact that Sinatra has covered a Stevie Wonder song mm. for me is mental. Like I cannot wrap my head. Yeah. You know like that thing that was doing the rounds a few years ago like um don't know if you've seen this uh, where Abraham Lincoln could technically have received a there was a window where he could have received a fax from a samurai do you know what i'm talking I ha- about i have seen some yeah yeah i have seen like right. a couple of people on like tiktok who like talk about time spans and things like yeah that. this this was pre-tiktok this is like a this is like, i think this is a reddit thing but um but yeah, yeah it's right. probably been picked up there but, but yeah but so that's like, amazing uh, yeah so like the samurai were abolished in i've got my notes there so like 1867 the first fax machine was invented in 1843 and lincoln was assassinated in 1865 so there's a 22 year window in which a samurai could have sent us a fax to abraham lincoln that's crazy Um, yeah to me that's exactly the same thing of uh, like frank sinatra i think was this in the 90s he covered for once in my life by stevie wonder and that that for me is just like i cannot get my head around like all of those things coming together yeah. at once. Stevie Wonder is kind of like he's a bit like you know he's like Quincy Jones like they're both kind of like yeah. boy wonders you know that that had big long spanning careers and so like I think I think Stevie was like a a kid maybe in the 60s or in, no yeah. or maybe like in the 50s or something like that and he was releasing albums like you know back in those days so he you know yeah Sinatra was around for around that time but yeah 
I I don't know the details of it. I I it's unfortunate that I actually prefer the Sinatra version. <laughs> I think you know Sinatra because it's like you know like like I do like I do like the the Stevie Wonder version, but like I don't know. It just it kind of it it he. He can, he flattens it out a bit. I guess Sinatra. He kind of like <laughs> he chills it out a little bit more and kind of gives it more of a you know it's like it's an uplifting kind of feel. Um, yeah. Whereas the Stevie Wonder is more like uh, you know like it feels more like a young man like thinking about yeah, for sure. once in his life. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. you know like and and maybe hearing an older guy sing it, <laughs> you yeah. know maybe that does actually have a huge impact because you go well. That means that, you know, there's a longer amount of time for him to have not had something happen in his life. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, that that, uh, was was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very similar to, um, do you know Gail, who did the, you know that song on TikTok that was the A, B, C, D, E, F, U? Oh, it sounds familiar, but I don't remember it right now. So she... um, she was supporting My Chemical Romance in Dublin. Okay. Um, and my, my wife's a huge fan. She went to that show last year. And Gail uh, said something to the effect of, like, it's so great to be here. Um, like, I've worked my, my whole life to be here. Something along, along <laughs> those lines. And Gail he was born in 2004. <laughs> so, yeah. So oh every God. like she she says all that effect and then something about like how you know like I think COVID had uh, had uh, laid waste to some plans and stuff like that but yeah she said like her whole her whole life and everyone's just like how old are you what are you talking about <laughs> like you don't get to say things like that you are you, you are a child <laughs> you are so so young this is obscene oh <laughs> uh, yeah I like worked my whole life to get here but yeah I, I get what you mean like someone who's that little bit older and that little bit more experienced for once in my life feels a little bit more uh, yeah a little bit more weighted yeah yeah it's that same thing when like you know um when uh, Johnny Cash basically stole that song from uh, nine, nine Inch Nails I don't mean like stole it I just mean like yeah. you know it became his because of, oh it's uh, a big time his song yeah you know and you go oh you uh yeah, it's like your experience and the, just like the the quality of your voice just stole it because of um, because of your age, basically. Yeah, yeah, big time. Big the time. sadness in your voice. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, song ten is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So you've gone for Bonobo, Nocturne. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, this was like a, you know another period of like. Um, Oh, this one, yeah. This one, I, I, I had a friend. There was a long time where I didn't have any money at all while I was at uni and things like that. And um, but somehow I was participating in um, recreational drugs through a friend. You know, basically buying them for me, <laughs> which felt right, okay. it made me feel very bad. But um, but it was you know it was enjoyable still. But this particular time, my friend from high school uh, had me over and like um, got me to try ketamine which i had never had okay um and uh there's that thing where if you take a certain amount of that uh horse tranquilizer you go into a thing known as a k-hole sure. and which is basically where you're kind of you're sort of sleeping but sort of just have your eyes closed and and you're 
you know, traveling through a void. You're kind of like, it's one of the few substances where you can um, genuinely have like those kind of like hallucinations that you would have in a cartoon or something like that where you're like, right. you look in the mirror and you can like look at your own muscles and then you can make them go like that and make them look really big. And that's the only time I've ever experienced something like that. But once right. you get into the K-hole, you're kind of mostly just sitting down and just picturing things. You know, you're just you're kind of dreaming but you're kind of anyway but my friend put this particular album on during mm-hmm. that and i never heard anything like this right and this was kind of like my introduction to um firstly down tempo kind of music like that but then also my introduction to ninja tunes which okay. was a a, a, a a record label that had a lot of like Hip hop DJs, and when I say hip hop DJs, I mean like you know people who played hip hop rather than being. Like, I think it was probably a lot of white British guys, um, right? But but it's a a style of of music that I I loved for a really long time, and to this day go back to it, you know. Um, but Bonobo was part of that, and that that music was so weirdly transporting. So like I would like I would wake up, like I'd kind of sit up. And look at my friend who was also had his eyes closed on the couch, and I'd be like, "Whoa! Like, is this music made for being in K holes?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> like, you know, he's just fucking with me. But like, but yeah, it just kind of like you know, there's a lot of like chimes and you know, and like sort of just atmospheric sounds that would just really take you to those places. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like you know, I don't want you know all music to be reduced down to a a, a drug experience or whatever. But this kind of a, a drug experience like that can very much connect you to a you know one good experience can connect you to that style of music and then kind of make you like all right now I'm into this for a long time even even though I didn't really do that many drugs um it was just this one occasion that kind of set me down a path that kind of changed the direction of the kind of music that I listened to for a long time right okay. and then also it was playing during a threesome once I had <laughs> Which had never happened, uh, 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 you know, it's never other happened at any other point. But that okay. um, was it was a weird thing that happened at like some diplomat's house because it was my friend was the daughter of a diplomat and it was just this weird mansion that we had to be snuck into, and it's like, oh, the quick the cook is asleep. Come in, <laughs> come in now. Anyway, that's a weird. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you got to throw that out there. You, yeah, you, you got to just start. You gotta, I you can't just keep that. that inside my head. No, no, you no, know, no. I have no, had no. some interesting experiences happen <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, just to be clear, then the place that this song reminds you of is a K hole. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's it's mostly an apartment. Um, right. It's an apartment, but I mean, it's just it just reminds me of two rooms. One. Uh, one is the room of, that my fr- friend lived in. I know it's so it's like it's like a nothing room. It was like right. you know, it's less interesting than the room you're in, and okay. then also the bedroom of my friend, who, right? Okay, who's, uh, you know, who's who was at, I was at uni with at the time, and <laughs> it was just a strange experience. So it takes me, yeah, it takes me to a couple of places. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So uh, all right, song eleven. <laughs> Is a song that reminds you of a specific person. So you went for Tonight You Belong to Me. By yeah. Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters. Yeah. Do you like I think I think I I really like melody heavy heavy songs, but like songs where like it um I don't know. 
Do you think that there's like music that it feels like somebody really crafts a melody and other songs mm-hmm. where it's just like, it's like, you know, like, cause like that, I don't know. That song to me is just one of the, you know, the main track of it, like is just one of the nicest, uh, melodies that they're, you know, that I've hear. I guess it's that same thing. It just, it, um, it just hits me with, and, and like every time I hear it, that song gets into my head for about five weeks. Like I, right. I can't get it out. Um, and it reminds me of my friend Steph, who I was living in a warehouse with. Uh, she was at the time in a relationship with my comedy partner Andy Matthews, and uh, but she, I don't know, I was unemployed a lot. I think I'd quit engineering, and for, and then I was just at home a lot and then she was working from home or you know she was at home a lot and so we just kind of it felt like maybe in any other circumstance we wouldn't have become as good friends as we have but right. because of this because of this time stuck in this thing together that we we did become quite good friends and like even though she lives really really far away now and in, in uh in Belgium, I think. No, wait. I've just for, I've forgotten the name of all those European countries. I think it's Belgium. Anyway, okay. Um, that but, is a European you know, one, country. So yeah, one of those ones that where they speak French and it's uh, you know European and um, yeah, we still kind of keep in contact. And you know, she was a comedy producer, uh, and then she got completely sick of the comedy industry. She hated it. Uh, right. You know, just because of. I mean, you know, many people, you know, any, I mean, any industry that you're in at some point, you'll be like, ah, this place is, is completely fucked. Um, but, um, she was, yeah, there was just a period of time when I think I must've become obsessed with this song and I was constantly humming it. And then she would, uh, know one of the harmonies in it. And so occasionally we would, we would do it at the same time. And then whenever you're harmonizing with, um, with somebody same thing with you are my sunshine indiana does a harmony i think we, we we sometimes can do it like together and it's like it's genuinely one of the only times that i feel like i have musical talent when we're both right. doing that harmony together and you go wow this is actually quite beautiful um, yeah sure i think i go i go down she goes up a bit higher and it's like so yeah but anyway this one with steph it just kind of like yeah it was just a song that always felt nice and it reminds me of steph from those little times and also just like, you know, a nice time from having no responsibilities and, mm. you know, and still waste and wasting all that time. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, you know, it feels like it's wasted now because, you know, I, I don't have it now, but, uh, mm. yeah, it was just a nice time. It was a nice friend. A nice time. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> do you, yeah, like, no, did you like, do you like the song? Sorry. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I, I, I get what you mean about the, about the melody and, um, I think that's a very it's a very underrated skill I think um like a, a well-written vocal melody mm. in a song um cuz I know like I I definitely feel like there are certain bands where it does feel like a little bit of an afterthought in in amongst everything else that goes into crafting a song but I I really really like um that type of music and that's actually like um Stevie Wonder's very good at it as well. Actually, now that yeah. we mentioned him, but um, I I really do like music where you can just strip it back to. I mean, in this obviously it's a a, a ukulele and a <laughs> and a trumpet yeah. and uh and vocals, and it still 
it still has that quality to it that just like mm. it just completely captures you and um so yeah i think i think the the, the melodies is definitely a a big thing in yeah. that and i love how funny that trumpet is in that song yeah because yeah. it really is like it does feel like it kind of comes out of nowhere yeah <laughs> but then it's like it makes you laugh and it is from a comedy movie this particular yeah. version of it but like but the fact that the the entry of an instrument can make you laugh <laughs> yeah and then you still enjoy its part <laughs> yeah you know is is quite great like cuz you would think that most musical like you know music that makes you laugh would be just kind of buffoonery like yeah. there's this album that um that the guy who voices uh Archer in Archer what's his name uh, John C uh, Benjamin H, uh, H. John H. Benjamin H. John Benjamin yeah <laughs> John C sorry John H. C. John Mellon. Benjamin have you ever yeah. heard his jazz daredevil album no I haven't actually no. so he's just released this album and it's just like you know, I think the concept album is just like, I think he sells his soul maybe, or, or, or the devil offers him to sell his soul for jazz talent and he doesn't take it. Right. And, okay. okay. And then, and then you see him, then, then it's like just tracks where it's him playing with obviously a, a, a good jazz band. Right. Right. And then, and then it comes to his solo and he's on the right. piano and he's just going playing it like a person who doesn't know how to play. Right. You know, and that's the whole joke, but it's a great bit, you know. Yeah. That's very So yeah. It's 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 amazing when people can make comedy with with just the music. Yeah, yeah. They they, it's the jerk, isn't it? Because I, I I haven't seen the movie, but I watched it on um watched it on YouTube when I was preparing for this. Yeah, it's um, the jerk. Yeah, they, I think it, they just play it so straight is the thing mm. that makes me laugh about it because like it, as you say, it comes out of nowhere, but they just like get on with it like nothing has happened and mm. yeah, it is just like yeah. Is really really funny. They just they just yeah, yeah. Because I guess it's it's, it's both romantic and kind of heartwarming. And then for somebody to pull a trumpet out of nowhere is is a, yeah, is a, a fun little moment at night. I think yeah. and apparently I think in the filming of that they actually accidentally step on that beautiful ukulele afterwards. <laughs> I think it was no. like an old ukulele. Yeah, accidentally uh, on the way out. Right, okay. So go. <laughs> All right, song twelve is a song that motivates you, and and, and you know what's coming. Hopefully, oh. uh, you went for close your eyes and kind of fuck. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, I I'd forgotten that I'd put that on there, but it turns <laughs> out I don't listen to that much stuff. Um, yeah, so that one is just like, it's just one of those ones where the, the energy of it, and it's like you know, it's so it was so nice to hear. Firstly, Zach De La Rocha on something again, because mm. he's kind of like done. I mean, as far as I've known, almost nothing since um, Rage Against the Machine. And that music was kind of the perfect kind of psych-up music, you know, like getting yourself ready for a riot, getting yourself ready for, you know, to right. overthrow a government and things like that. And Yeah, sure. And so this this song kind of just takes it down a slight notch. But, um, but I think Run the Jewels was always just a very fun project. They kind of felt like their their success was unlikely 
You know, it's like mm. two rappers who had been at it for so long and were, you know, I think probably had decent careers, but had never like broken, really popped or whatever like that. And then this this project kind of, you know, gave them slight, not mainstream success, but like much bigger success. And uh, mm-hmm. and and this song just pumps me up every time. Like running Jules fast, running, running Jules fast. Again, it's just got great mouthfeel. You feel proud of yourself for, for getting it done. Uh, yeah. you know, for saying it, uh, you know, and it's just, and mostly it's just that bass hitting you. Like, it's like somebody just, you know, finding fatter and fatter basses for me to enjoy yeah, and putting them in a song that, uh, pumps me up. That's, it's purely all it is. It's just an, an emotional reaction to it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the run the drills are perfect for that. Um, do you say, so when, when you mentioned this earlier, you said it was like when you're on your way to a gig, so this is this kind of like psyching yourself up to, to get on stage kind of energy, or what's this usually yeah, for? Yeah, like, you know, because it's just that thing as well, after you had after you have kids, and so you're you're not going like to gigs fresh, you know, you're not right. going to gigs like, oh, my mind is clear, you're going to, yes. sometimes I've had a big argument with a kid for like 30 minutes. <laughs> sure, okay, yeah. You know, and, and battled with them to get them into bed, and then that's the energy that I'm leaving the house to go to a gig with. Yeah, You know, okay. so like, it can drain your, you know, everything that you've got. Yeah, and sure. Then, and then you're like, I'm just looking for something to like, just, you know, artificially pump some chemicals into my brain. Yeah, um, sure. And so a couple of songs like this is the kind of thing that can sort of change your mind a little bit. Right, okay, you know, fair enough. It's just yeah. that adult. You're not like... <laughs> Yeah, so you're not stumbling on the stage and going like, "Oh, my six-year-old, yeah. guys, yeah, really here with this ad." I mean, they're so wrong. You get you, you'll be on my side here. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, yeah some, you know, sometimes it's them, but sometimes it's just me taking something too far. It's like me or me worrying about a minor detail that doesn't matter, and then having to right. to deal with the shame of like having been been the 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 bad one and been like okay then apologizing to the kid sort of like you know yeah sure sure you know it's all sorts of the weird stuff that you go through when you're stressed and all that kind of you know just the the heaviness of uh the yeah just the regular serious adult life right yeah yeah i get that so yeah um it's good to have that sort of like that uh emotional buffer yeah, songs yeah. that transport you to a completely other world momentarily, yeah. and and it feels like it's got the most amount of impact in the smallest amount of time. Yeah, I don't have to. It's like you know, basically, once that beat drops, I'm 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 feeling good. Yeah, definitely. All right, perfect. Uh, all right, song thirteen is a song that someone introduced you to. Um, so you've gone for Resolution by Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah, this is pretty wanky stuff, but this was like, um, <laughs> this was when my friend was studying music at some point, and so he started coming home with like things like jazz fusion type stuff that I would have never heard normally, right. but um, but this was like kind of in my early days of university and things like that, and at the time we, you know, it was the first time that we had ever. Uh, like I'm, I, I'm gonna make it makes it sound like I'm a I'm a drug head, but I don't really do that much. I've not done that much in my life. But okay. in the early days of trying weed, which I hadn't even really done it that much, and I hadn't done it at all in high school, and I, um, when it was fun, like I don't know if you know, have you? Anyway, I won't get you to admit any stuff on on, on, on things. Go but, for it. 
there's there's kind of a thing where it's like it feels like at the beginning it's fun it's very laughy and then over the years it kind of changes and it's not it's just i don't know maybe i just i've not i've never done the amount that it you know it's a it doesn't feel as fun these days it feels more like kind of like it just numbs you out just kind of chills you out a little right. bit but that's it um but back in those days we would really listen to music and this was playing and this has that thing where it kind of like keeps climbing in this song yes do 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 and it just we would be in the song like standing up going it couldn't possibly go any higher (laughs) yeah sure okay (laughs) just going do 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 and you're like wow it was just like our heads are exploding and it was just kind of it was just a nice time (laughs) yeah listening to music you know like eating snacks and yeah, the fellas were just having a really good time like that. And my friend was just bringing back music that you know he was finding out about at at his school, and so we would listen to like you know uh, Ravel and things like that, or whatever Bolero, whatever <laughs> you know, all right. sorts of like you know stuff that you, I don't know that they whatever they would be studying at the time. It was kind of you know it was fun. Okay, fair enough. Is there any enjoyment in that song for you? Yeah, I really like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting song i don't know like what kind of i don't know what kind of energy i'd be looking to go for if i was going to go yeah. back to it if you know what i mean um oh, totally but, uh, i can i can totally see why if you were um if you were high it would be like a little bit uh i think it could be it could, could get quite unsettling quite quickly if you were if you're still yeah. in that mindset of like oh god where's it gonna go yeah. um but <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's really really good. I I I'm a big fan of that kind of like uh of music where it starts with a relatively simple concept and then gets gradually like either bigger or more complex. Like yeah. Arcade Fire, Sigur Ross are very good for that kind of thing and um, sure, yeah. uh completely different type of music, but I yeah, I did really really like it. it um, but yeah, that kind of stuff is the kind of also like Sigur Ross and all that kind of stuff is the kind of things I I, I did get very into after like all that bonobo stuff you know a lot of right. like post rock kind of stuff like that and listen to mogwai sure. and shit like that and you're kind of like yeah oh i just love being inside some music right it just feels like you're in like <laughs> like oh <laughs> yeah weird bands where there's like doesn't feel like there's a front man you know like yeah it feels like those are like you know, everybody's an equal in this <laughs> yes yeah 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 um, yeah, it was it was fun time. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Mahavishnu Orchestra. It was just like some, I think British guitar player, and then he would go over to India and form these bands. I think, and then right, this, right. you know, I think this this music was just like so intricate and complex and stuff like that. It's like now listening to it, I go, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's like it's not really. It's not you know. I don't get any like easy nice feelings from it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 But it's yeah, it's 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 good to know they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. All right, song fourteen is a song you wouldn't expect to like. So you've gone for Funiculi Funicula. <laughs> yeah, Carmen Cavallaro. Yeah, I mean, this was I heard it at the end of an episode of um, of uh, the wonderful, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, right? okay, yeah. And uh, Amazon does just give you, let you know, you know, you can click on it and it lets you know, like, relax, right? Exactly what it is. And, uh, and I was like, why does this 
hit with me so hard. <laughs> right, sure. You know, a song that is clearly about cable cars. Right. <laughs> I think. Fin- yeah, sure. I think, like I think funicular vehicles, whatever it is. Um, yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. It's just. It's. I think it's again. It's just that that melody thing, where it's like doodle do 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 do. It's just. It's. I don't know. It's very fun to go along with it. If, I, in, is it like I don't know if it's an old Italian folk song or whatever it is, mm. uh, you know, or whether it was written for the launch of a cable car, um, maybe. But uh, I don't know that that it's like you know lyricless songs. I find it difficult to analyze exactly. <laughs> I mean, I know it does have lyrics, but this particular version that I you know I got introduced to, I think I've I've, I've found versions where Pavarotti is singing it. <laughs> oh wow! Like okay, yeah. Like, because I think people do say, veniculi, 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 you know, I think maybe actually Robin Williams might sing it in, in Mrs. Doubtfire. It just, (laughs) okay. uh, It just occurred to me that maybe that opening scene where he's the, uh, the voicing the cartoon. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Maybe. I could be wrong. There is a song, a kind of operatic-y type song that he does sing. At the beginning of that, but um, let's find out. Oh, it's the barber of Seville. Oh, right. I think he's doing. <laughs> All right. Well, I apologize. <laughs> My brain really wanted that to work. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's alright. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Fine. Uh, song fifteen is the song you think everyone should listen to. So you went for the girl from. Ipanema. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're testing Ipanema, me. Ipan, Ipanema, I don't know. Yeah. By Stan um, Getz. Yeah. I think Stan Getz, I think in that version he's playing with uh, with some Brazilians. Um, and I think it might be the first version that does have it in English. And okay. I think um, he's, I believe, because I think uh, the lady that was singing was the only person in the room who was a singer and who could speak English properly. Um, oh, okay. So, so, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know why. Again, it's like one of those ones that just has a good feel for me. I realize that this is just a very famous song. Sure. But, uh, you know, Stan, Stan Getz has a few albums. Uh, he has a, a, an album called Jazz Samba, which I is probably one of my favorite jazz albums of all time. has a great feel to it. Uh, and this is kind of in that era, you know, I think he was a sax player who probably had a bunch of problems with drugs, but you just can't tell that at all right? Uh, sure. in any of this stuff where it just, he just seems like he's, I don't know, just so on top of everything. And, uh, you know, he's exploring these kind of, you know, I guess Brazilian styles of music and, yeah, basically all it is is that this song makes me feel really good. And I feel I want other people to feel as good as this one makes me feel. Um, and I realize that it's probably like a na- I think it's like a national song for Brazil, and that maybe <laughs> some people are embarrassed of it or something like that. I don't know. Right. But I love listening to this song. Yeah, yeah. I think this is one that um, I think a lot of people will know as yeah. soon as they hear it. I think that I I would imagine many many people listening to this will look at the song title, not know what it is, then stick it on and go, oh, I do know this song. 
yeah. um, and probably will have never listened to it like start to finish as a song before just like been aware of it through pop culture and uh you know tvs and films stuff like that um it is a beautiful song to actually just sit down and listen to and appreciate for what it is i think a lot of songs get that sort of treatment where they're because they're so ubiquitous people don't actually give them any credit but it is uh it's a gorgeous song it's really nice yeah it's it's so nice you know i love the voice you know the voices i love the the sax in it i just um i think yeah and the, the simple like guitar i mean yeah it's just all so nice and it just comes to you know it's like you know when somebody just like executes the shit out of a song right yeah, you go yeah. that's the take you know i don't know how many <laughs> takes you did but like yeah. you know you ever you ever film something or whatever like that and you finish it or whatever and you go that was the take like that was yeah. the, you know you go, yeah. we nailed that one and yeah <laughs> it's just yeah it just feels so good so yeah it's you know I guess I guess with all of this music stuff, it does end up coming down to it might be feel nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what's all about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Perfect. That's a it's a it's a good note as any to to end on there. So um, yeah. Do you have anything that you want to plug or promote while I have you? Uh, I mean, you know, you can always check out the Two in the Think Tank. Uh, podcast which I do with Andy Matthews that's kind of the most consistent thing in my life and is kind of the we come up with sketch ideas it's comedy sketch ideas and is kind of the basis the launch point from which uh, most other projects that we end up doing kind of comes from so we have ideas for stuff and then we we make shows based off of that uh, some of those ideas but a lot of the time we just make up the come up with ideas for the sake of coming up with the ideas because that's one of the most fun part of the creative process absolutely perfect oh thank you very much thank you so much that is it for episode 59 of Mixtape and Identity thank you so much for listening go and check out Alistair's work Uh, in the Think Tank is an excellent podcast you should definitely go and listen to that and if you're in close proximity to any of Alistair's live shows then please go and see him Uh, he's an incredibly funny man and uh, yeah we should all be supporting live comedy where we can if you like this show and you want to support it then there's a couple of different ways you can do that you can do that financially if you want to send us say a couple of quid for an episode that you've enjoyed there's a coffee link in the description of the podcast if you're not in a position to do that that's absolutely fine please do support us in all the other ways tell your friends share it on instagram tweet about it I, I won't say it on on twitter i'm very bad at twitter but please do tweet about it um yeah just get more people listening the the bigger we can grow the show the, the, the better guests everybody wins um so yeah all that good stuff and you know like rate review anything you can do it's all appreciated i'll be back next week for episode 60 uh, but in the meantime look after yourselves i'm gonna speak to them